If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specializes in maximizing compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, there's a couple of stories developing about uh, board movement at the D's and the Hawks. I'll fill you in on that and all the other little bits and pieces of footy news today. And concussion's been big on the agenda today with Will Pukowski sitting out another Shield game and probably not going to be picked for the first test. I'll bring you all that as well. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening. Welcome to Time On. Uh, The promise of Time On is your say on the news of the day. So uh, to enable me to fulfil that promise, I do need you to call 1300 736 736. I hope you've had a cracking day, however you've put it in, wherever you've put it in, and it's wonderful to have your company, however you're finding us, and wherever you're finding us uh, on the SEN network. 0433 is the temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. And that number again, in case you missed it, 1300 Save it into your phone. Have it on speed dial. Maybe put in your favourites. Uh, as just if you dial one, it'll dial us. one 736 Sam Hargraves with you. Oaks Day today. Another brilliant day brought to you by the SEN Track team. Uh, kudos to the boys. Nobody does racing like SEN Track. If you haven't seen Campbell Brown's stirring speech uh, to the connections of Very Elegant holding the Melbourne Cup... Um, you need to get on SEN Track on Instagram just to see that in all its glory. A few beeps, but uh, if you haven't, you, you need to see it because you need to see how animated and passionate the dog is. But uh, if that doesn't get you fired up uh, and wanting to run through walls, I don't know what will. Um, so well done to the boys today. Oaks Day today, Damien Oliver gets his seventh, guiding Willow to victory at Flemington. Um, had a good day um, on the weekend before the Melbourne Cup as well, did Ollie. Um to win the derby as well, I'm fairly sure. Uh, no, Cantala, and uh, had another winner that day as well. And uh, he and James Cummings have uh, teamed up for another winner. So Willowy uh, gets the win in the Oaks today. So a couple of little things to do with uh, AFL boards today. So I'll start with Hawthorne. Uh, we were thinking there was another big Hawthorne story today, but we're putting a pin in that for the time being. Um, Jeff Kennett has released this afternoon a, a letter to Hawthorne members. I won't go through all of it because, as you might expect, it does go on a bit. Um, That's what we love about Jeff. Uh, It doesn't leave any word off the page. But uh, there's some interesting things in this email to report. So uh, two things to report from Jeff today uh, in in an email sent to Hawthorne members. Um, He uh, 
declares that the AFL has agreed to support Hawthorne's building of the Kennedy Community Centre, the KCC. Uh, the AFL notified uh, Justin Reeves, the CEO, so he wants to thank the AFL Commission and Executive for recognising the value uh, of the development at Dingley. Uh, he thanks Justin and the team. Uh, he also thanks Tim Shearer, who heads up the foundation, which continues to raise money um, for the centre at Dingley. Uh, they've now received financial commitment from the federal, the state, municipal governments, uh, and now the AFL. So they're hoping to deliver the new facility in 2023, which will not only be to the benefit of Hawthorne Football Club, but to the local community as well. Uh, he goes on to say that Tim Shearer, who heads up the foundation, is up for re-election to the board with the papers going out uh, on the 19th of November with the notice of the AGM. Uh, Tim has received unanimous support of the board to continue his work, having only joined the board three years ago. Could you please seriously consider giving him your support so we can continue building the KCC? There's two vacancies for the Hawthorne board. We know there's a group wanting to get some of their own people on there in, in their view um, to limit the, um, the hold, in their words, of Jeff Kennett over the board. So he's asking to please uh, ensure that Tim's returned, uh, that Tim is returned to the board. He says that is essential. Uh, the second matter he wants to raise is to do with the appointment of his successor as president. He just uh, reminds people that he was asked to return to the presidency of the club um, by the previous board in 2017 to address some issues that were causing concern. He said it was his intention to only stay for one term of three years, but then COVID struck. He says he was asked to stay to guide the club and the competition through COVID when he was a member of the AFL's war cabinet. He says, I was therefore re-elected unopposed last year for a three-year term, which concludes at the end of 2023. Um, he says now that the time has come for the board to start the process of my succession and your next presidency. He says, more recently, the board has acted as the nomination committee to identify uh, and recommending to members its next president and board members. He said such recommendations, of course, never stopped other people interested in standing for the presidency or a board position from doing so. Um, he says your board has again unanimously decided to adopt a different procedure, one that exists in most companies. That is to establish a nominations committee. So he says it will be made up of board and non-board members. Its terms of reference will be decided by the board and those on the committee. Its membership will be finalised after the AGM in December so they can uh, commence their work in the new year. He says we will require the committee to make its final recommendation of their preferred candidate to the board by the 30th of June next year. He goes on to say on the agreement of the board of their recommendation and the acceptance of the nominee and his or her availability to commence work, we will then decide when I hand over the baton. So life is about changes and opportunities. And with our new coach, the club in such a good and strong position to move into 2022. Now is the right time to plan my succession and transition in an orderly way. We are starting that process now. He uh, also mentions um, in that that uh, Hawthorne have had their second highest membership this year. So that is uh, the latest news in terms of the Hawthorne board. So the very long process by the sounds of it to start and so it should be to start uh, looking for Jeff's successor so if you're a Hawthorne member or any member how does that grab you that the successor for Jeff will be found by a committee that's been made up are you happy with that process uh, the other board news today is from the Melbourne Footy Club uh, Glenn Bartlett um, who was the previous president of the Melbourne Football Club and now a board member stood down and Kate Roffey now the president of Melbourne, He uh, says in a statement released by Melbourne today that after eight years plus, his tour of duty 
comes to an end when he leaves the board today at the end of the AFL financial year. Uh, president in 2013 at a very challenging time. Uh, the statement goes on to say during his tenure, Glenn oversaw a range of changes that have played a significant role in paving the way for the success the club is now enjoying both on and off the field. When he took over as president, uh, the club faced a number of major challenges, including a $12.5 million debt, uh, business model reliant on gaming, a team that has the fifth worst season, uh, that just had the fifth worst season in AFL VFL history, no front or back jumper sponsors, a club requiring a set of wide values and strong vision for the future. Um, Glenn now leaves the club debt free and with one of the strongest balance sheets in the AFL. Having exited, the game, having exited gaming, which has allowed the club to realise its property assets and set up a future fund. He said a team that's just broken a 57-year premiership drought and is set up for sustained success, major sponsors and a very strong playing list, a proud and strong women's program, the Anzac Eve blockbuster and a few other things. And Kate Roffey acknowledged the great work that uh, Glenn had done and thanks him for his contribution. So too did CEO Gary Pert. So... Uh, that is a couple of major board moves that have been happening today. And uh, <laughs> off the text, a verbal marathon on the Hawthorne board. Sammy, I'm bored. No, I, I don't blame you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 Off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. A couple of other bit of footy tidbits. Port Adelaide uh, have secured Brisbane tall Sam Skinner as a delisted free agent. He manages three games in five seasons at the Lions, but he had two knee, uh, three re-knee constructions. Um, it was pick 47 at the 2015 AFL draft. Uh, he had trained with North Melbourne under his uh, former uh, footy boss, Dave Noble, but didn't get a spot on the ruse list. Uh, he moved to South Australia to continue his footy career, joining South Adelaide. Um, where he shone at both ends of the field this year. So importantly, um, he he was a bit of a star in defence. He he turned his uh, hand to being an intercept defender, uh, 11 intercept marks in the semi-final against Norwood. Uh, so he had a really good season at Sandville level after being uh, delisted by the Lions last year. Um, he got a lot of ability, a lot of promise to Sam Skinner. I think that's a really astute pickup from Port Adelaide. Kane Corns agreed today uh, on SENSA, uh, reiterating that Jared Brander has become a giant, which was confirmed yesterday. He was a former Giants Academy graduate too, so he heads home. He's from Wentworth in South New South Wales, which is a good thing. That's the academy doing what academies can do, not just for the clubs that have them, but for the overall competition. So Eagles got him. Um, with pick 13 in the 2017 draft. Um, he played 22 games over four seasons, 198 centimetres, can play in a variety of positions, and now he goes back to the Giants. So the probably the major talking point on the station today, apart from uh, the races, of course, at Flemington, was um, Will Pukowski. So he's been ruled out of the comeback uh, for Victoria, recovering from what's believed to be his 10th concussion. He's all but ruled out featuring in the first Ashes test after Chris Rogers confirmed that he'll miss um, the uh, Sheffield Shield match against New South Wales, which starts tomorrow with concussion. So that's been a major talking point on the station today. Jerry Waitley started off uh, with an editorial on Will Pukowski. We all ride the career of Will Pukowski almost on an emotional level. It, it's a rare young sportsman who has us all at his shoulder, hoping that he gets a fair crack at it. Half of it is a selfish endeavour. Australia needs him. He is the next batting tyro for a nation, and we want him to get a fair crack at it and get it underway. Yesterday's news that he's still suffering concussion symptoms was as concerning as it was disappointing. 
He won't be there for the start of the Ashes. Who opens at the Gabba in the first test? So it becomes a question of either Marcus Harris or Usman Kawaja. But I guess we all think a little bit more broadly and deeply. There's nothing quite like the creeping spectre of concussion to be so unnerving in sport. And Will Will is living that through the multiple concussions that he has. Jerry Whateley today speaking about Will Bukowski, and there is that feeling, isn't there? It's almost that 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 whole expression. So it's so close, you can taste it. it we, we, he is every bit of that, isn't he? You, you, you can almost reach out. It's just beyond our grasp, isn't it? It's how it feels with Will Bukowski. You, you, you know that's there. It's like having the vintage car that's absolutely schmick, done up brilliantly. You know it would be the best car if you're ever able to take it out of the garage. It's like the dad's car in Ferris Bueller. Um, at the moment, we just can't take it out for a drive. And if we do at the moment, and, and I don't want this to be sound like a crass or um, a disrespectful or a, a, an analogy lacking in care, but if we if we take that car out of the, the garage, there's every chance we might actually crash it. So that's what I was thinking today when I was trying to figure out, well, what... What does this make me think about with Will Bukowski? And that's sort of where I landed. We've got this incredible automobile that's there, but we just can't drive it at the moment. Um, Dr. Alan Pierce is a La Trobe University concussions expert. Spoke to Gary and Tim um, and gave his view on Will Bukowski and how long he should take to come back to play cricket. You know, for someone with uh, Will's uh, history of, of concussions and, and how he responds from them. Uh, certainly the, the conservative approach is the way to go to try and uh, extend the uh, career for him. Uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, every time that, uh, you know, we, we hear the news about Will uh, being concussed and it seems to be taking longer and longer, that, that for me al- uh, raises alarm bells as well. So we've just got to make sure that uh, you know, he's being uh, looked after properly and, and not being rushed back too soon. Two things from that. One is, as you said, uh, longer recovery time, but also a what we call a decreased threshold uh, to bring on a concussion. So it doesn't, you know, for every time you get concussed, it seems to take less, less and less force for the uh, concussion symptoms to uh, to come on. So uh, we're still trying to understand why that is from a, a physiological or biological perspective. Uh, but uh, it certainly seems that the threshold is reduced every time. So, you know, after eight or ten concussions, it looks like they're just being... It doesn't look like too much, but, you know, they're certainly concussed. So is there any science around or any medical research done that would suggest that if he was to take 12 months off and not have another knock in that period, that that would help him recover? And would be a better long-term diagnosis for him. Um, yeah, look, we haven't actually addressed that question from a from a scientific perspective, but logically speaking, that's what we would be hoping to do is to take some very you know extended time off. And, and I think a, a good example of that would be Paddy McCartan. You know, he took yeah. eighteen months off, and and now he seems to be going quite well. And uh, uh, you know, so that may be the way to uh, try and reduce that risk. Dr. Alan Pierce, La Trobe University concussion expert on Will Bukowski and how he should come back into cricket. And then also the effects of multiple concussions and referencing there, which was a, a, a really poignant analogy to, to use, Paddy McCartan. Um, is that something that might have to come into play 
He's a, still a very young man, Wilpakovsky. So there is years and years of cricket ahead. And as as Australia at times and Victoria have been really cautious in not rushing this young man, which has, I think, been the right approach. And do we need to apply um, another handbrake to him to make sure that um, he's able to fully recuperate and heal from these concussion issues that, that he's facing at the moment. He had some advice too, Dr. Alan Pierce, for parents uh, of kids after they experienced their first concussion and how that should be treated. Don't, uh, yeah, exactly. Don't, uh, don't rush back too soon. So some of the signs that we are seeing now that is uh, emerging worldwide is that it's taking probably about 28 to 30 days for the brain to fully recover. So symptoms might resolve within 10 or 15 days, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the brain has fully recovered. So because his symptoms have uh, resolved, doesn't mean that the you know little Johnny or little Jenny can go back and play. Uh, it, it really means that okay, now we've got to give them some extra time to uh, fully re- recover, and that can then at least reduce further risk of, of any complications from uh, from from being. Um, you know, impact from you know, uh, you know, it could be a tackle or cricket ball or whatever. So, we we really want to uh, try and uh, get people to be fully recovered before they return to uh, play. Well worth a listen on the SEN podcast. Get the SEN app as well. Gary and Tim back tomorrow morning from six, and that was Dr. Alan Pierce, Latrobe University concussion expert. Listen to that in full. It was, um, it's a, it was a don't get out of the car, don't touch that dial interview uh, that's well worth having a, a full listen to if you haven't so far. Um, Chris Rogers, Victorian coach, spoke to Jared today uh, about Will Bukowski playing cricket too soon. I think that he's, he'll be okay in the long run. We just we just need to be patient with him. Uh, you know, with these these setbacks, it just takes him a little bit longer than, than others and, and there's no need to rush, I think. So, you know, there's, there's some good signs already. Uh, whether you know he was ready for this shield game was probably a, a little bit too much, but you know I think we can be positive about the fact that he'll be playing cricket soon. Victorian coach Chris Rogers, former Aussie opener, uh, in regards to Wilpakovsky, a little bit more audio to play about that. There's a conversation. He enlightens us on what conversations have been happening about Will between Cricket Victoria and Cricket Australia. But I want to get your calls, one 736 off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. Billy in Ascot and Kurt in New South Wales. Stay right there and you'll be first up on the other side of this. Time on, SEN. I think there's some, some conversations, um, a, a little bit about um, what's best for him. Um, equally, I, you know, I, I think the... the National selectors might have just thought that it was a a step too far, almost to to get him back into the the, the environment when he hasn't really even you know played a, a practice match or, or or a premier club match um, or a state match really. So um, I think that it was more just um, the conversations have been about you know how can we help him um, be prepared the best. Um, way possible if the, the opportunity does come up to play for Australia again. Chris Rogers, Victorian coach, former Aussie Open, speaking to Jared Waitley today in regards to Will Pekowski and the conversations that are happening between Cricket Victoria and Cricket Australia about the best path back for Will Pekowski as he recovers from what's believed to be his 10th concussion. Uh, and obviously 
the alarm bells ring for that, the genuine concerns for uh, for his welfare that go far and uh, far and above and way beyond just cricket. Um, it's about his long-term health um, and his long-term future um, that's separate from cricket. And then once that's sorted and established, what's the best path back into cricket? So it's an interesting conversation point today. As I said earlier, um, Gary and Tim this morning had Dr. Alan Pierce on, the Trobe University concussion expert, to give his view. Um, I'll play Adam Gilchrist's advice for Wilpakovsky uh, before the show's out. Uh, but you can have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Before we get in to Billy and Lindsay, Kurt in New South Wales, been waiting patiently. He wants to have a quick chat about the Blues. G'day, Kurt. Yeah, g'day, champ. How are you? Oh, you've champed me. Should I? Is that a is that a complimentary champ or the backhanded champ, Kurt? Oh, mate, it's it's, it's all complimentary reasons because, mate, <laughs> I just treat people how I want to be treated. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I appreciate it, Kurt. I just had to check. Order. Thank you, mate. What about those blues? Yeah, mate, I reckon they're on the right track. You know, mm. if if it's not going to be next year, it'll definitely be the year after. That's for sure because I know what Michael Voss has in him. I remember watch, watching him play when I was a young bloke growing up, probably to late to, you know, late to early 20s, or late teens, early 20s, I should say. And, oh, yeah, you got, you'll got know, get no argument from me about the, the, the bona fides of Michael Voss. Yeah, mate, he was just such an absolute legend of our game, you know. Absolutely. He's done and off the back of his um, key moments that helped Brisbane Lions, Win their three premierships in a row. That can't be. That can't be unmatched. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, Kurt. Hey, thanks for the call, mate. Greatly appreciate it. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure, mate. Can I just say something, mate? Sure. I'm a massive Carlton supporter. Um, I've been a Carlton supporter since I was nine years of age. And the reason why I go for Carlton is because I'm a proud New South Welshman. I bleed blue in the state of origin, and I'm a league man through and through. And that's one of the reasons why I'll go for Carlton and another reason why I'll go for Carlton is because my great-great-grandmother was a massive Carlton fan and my great-uncles and aunties were Carlton fans as well. So that's what made me a Carlton supporter and that's what made me bleed blue 24-7 today, you know what I mean? Beautiful, Kurt. Uh, it's the, one of the great things about football, the, the family legacy of teams that get handed down and Everyone's got their story about why they barrack for their particular club, and thank you for ringing up and sharing yours, mate. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely think that the, despite being a very interesting and um, unorthodox way of getting there, Carlton have secured a, a phenomenal CEO and a phenomenal coach in Michael Voss. If I was to give any advice, and a, a dad who used to work in PR, um, instead of the big statements about destination club, finals this year, pass mark is finals. If it was me, not that it ever will be, and I'm sure Luke Sayers will never pick up the phone and ask me for my advice. I've got as much chance as winning Powerball tonight as that happening. But I would just say, how about just push new era, new era, new era. We're on the rise. We're going to be on the build. We've got big plans, long-term view, long-term future. I know Carlton fans have been waiting since 95. But the moment you set that one-year expectation of finals, you've already raised the bar too high. The old real estate expression, under-promise, over-deliver. Under-promise, over-deliver. Don't over-promise and under-deliver again. That would be my only little bit of advice. But couldn't agree more with Kurt. There's a heap to get positive about uh, around the Blues. Back to the Wilpakovsky discussion. Uh, Billy's in Ascot Vale. G'day, Billy. 
Yeah, evening, Sam. Uh, good, good topic you got, you got on tonight. Uh, Thank you. Look, I'm not a cricket expert. I'm not a cricket expert, but I watch enough to sort of understand the game. Just a quick uh, question I'd like to throw to you. I know he's an up-and-coming batsman, but uh, if he was that good, why do you always get hit in the head? Don't good batsmen know how to protect themselves? I mean, I was just giving Viv Richards an example. Never wore a helmet, and, and he faced Jeff Thompson, Dennis Lee. I don't even think he got concussed once. I didn't even get hit in the head, I don't think, hardly. So I just don't know if he's... Will, will, because his tactics have to change a little bit in his batting. Maybe a batting coach might have to get in and sort of, maybe, I don't know, I'd have to, I don't understand the game fully, but I just don't know why he's always getting concussed. Is he not protecting himself properly or is he in the wrong batting stance or, I don't know, I just wanted your opinion on it. Billy, it's a good question you ask and I thank you for asking it. If you go back and have a look at it, he's had several of those have just been absolute freak occurrences. We're talking balls being thrown back, through nets, um, you know, that, that, that have, or, or coming through nets, little holes in nets that have got him in the head. They haven't all been incorrectly reading uh, the line of a bouncer per se. There's been a fair few, from what I understand, a few freak occurrences that have contributed to those 10 concussions. So understand the, the angle and certainly understand the concern, um, but it doesn't seem to be a concern from, for any of the cricket hierarchy when it comes to this guy's talent, his ability to, to play the shorter deliveries. He's just had a few freak occurrences there as well. One of them was a ball getting through the grill of the helmet. Um, that might have been on a return throw. There'll, there'll be people on the text that'll know exactly each and every one, but I can assure you that they're not all that case of not being able to get out of the way. And, and the very best of, of batters, um, when you're having people bowl at you around 140 clicks and above um, and pitches that can do this, that, and a little bit more, yeah, it's, it's not, not uncommon for the very best to, to, um, to, to have, you know, to, to um, have the penthouse uh, occasionally um, rocked ever so slightly. Um, Lindsay's in Somerville. Good day, Lindsay. Yeah, Sam. Um, look, Billy sort of took one of my points. I was sort of querying that as well, but... He has been hit a number of times in the head batting, and uh, I'm at the vintage where I, you know, saw batsmen without helmets. And but putting that aside, I think you know you and Billy have covered it. But the other point I like to make it's getting to the point where it's almost unfair on a bowler. Like, would you want to be bowling a bouncer with that guy now? I mean, after what happened to Phil Hughes, and you know, it's sort of getting to the point where it's just unfair on the bowlers. I think it must be running through their mind when they when they run in. I would say that, Lindsay, I'd say you've touched on something there without knowing exactly and having never, and it's, you know what, you've probably put a great question into my mind the next time I speak to a fast bowler because I think I think that there was definitely concern absolutely at the time with, with Phil Hughes there. I, I think I remember New Zealand. Did New Zealand not make a, a commitment to not, was it the series after that they might have made a commitment to not bowl shorts? I, I'd have to double check that, but I think there was certainly caution around at the time we've seen it sort of bring its way back in to cricket but we've also seen the genuine concern that bowlers have even in the most fiercely contested games that when there is short bowling um that they are very much checking in on any batter that's that struck at the time um but yeah it's well it's it's a it's a question of conscience isn't it it is maybe it's going to become a, a moral question at the moment it's not outlawed and maybe that's something that the game, and I'm not advocate. I'm not sure if I'm advocating for this or not, but I certainly think that the more we find out about concussion, and the more we find out about the long-term effects, and the more we uncover, then those are conversations that I think hierarchies are going to have. 
um, cricket boards are going to have around the place. Um, people will be able to tell me what the rules are around it in juniors. Um, are they allowed? I'm not sure. And is that something that we will see continue on in cricket? I'm not 100% sure. You know, the, the NRL have banned the high shot. AFL banned the bump. Does cricket look to remove the bouncer? I don't know, Lindsay, but I think it's a, it's a question worth asking. Yeah, look, I, I think um, in, in general, you know, the bounce is part of the game and we can live with it. But this guy's had 10 concussions and I don't know how he'd go against Neil Wagner because we'll, Neil Wagner bowls six bounces you know, every every over. He bowls at, at people's heads constantly. And um, I just think there's a general um, discussion about bounces, but specifically that guy is vulnerable to another concussion. And I think it's borderline unfair on bowlers. You know, like, that's just my opinion, you know. Yeah, I, I hear that. I think that's a, a genuine concern, Lindsay, and, and I think it's a valid one to, to throw up into the conversation. Um, you, That's a question that each bowler is probably going to ask themselves. But I, I would think, and this is all why, this is another reason why this is such a complex issue because Will is not going to want to be done any favours. Um does, but then when we continue to monitor him, do we, we, we have to make sure that we're, we're helping him be, and I don't want to speak on behalf of him or on behalf of cricket, um, that we don't, that maybe we protect him from himself, which will be part of the, you know, the doctor's advice. And I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. I'm sure they're getting the best of advice from both worlds and from every world they need to make sure that, um, his return to cricket is as safe as it, it can humanly be. Um, thank you, Andy, for picking me up. Yep, the AFL haven't banned the bump, but they have put rules in place around the bump that if you do um, choose to bump and uh, you do cause a concussion or you do get the person high, then you do uh, cop the consequences of that. So, yeah, I misspoke there, Andy, but thank you for picking me up on that. Off the text, 0433 A heap of text coming through around this. We'll come back on the other side of this uh, and work our way through your temper text. And um, the other story I forgot about Hawthorne today was the um, introduction or the announcement of their AFLW Academy of 50 players, which is a fantastic story um, and another great initiative um, in the uh, women's AFL space. Uh, this is time on SEN. There's no margin for error for Australia in its last pool game tonight, Saturday night, Bangladesh, West Indies. That's how it unfolds. Australia needs to be compelling tonight. I wouldn't obsess too much around run rates. South Africa still has to play England. If Australia goes 4-1, and one, it will likely see the semi-finals compelling performance. Strategic choices will be most interesting with bat and ball. Jerry Waitley this morning on Waitley every day from nine, except tomorrow, of course, Monday to Thursday from 9am on SEN talking about uh, Australia's must win clash against Bangladesh tonight. You'll hear that here on SEN from 9pm. Myself and Darren Berry to bring you all the action and he's 100% right. It is a must win and made a little easier tonight by uh, the number one ranked all-rounder and the man who's taken more wickets at T20 World Cups. I think he's top five or six for runs made at T20 World Cups. Uh, Al-Hassan, Shakib Al-Hassan is out uh, for Bangladesh, which is a huge out for them. But I think they've got four bowlers ranked inside the top 20, three potentially in the top 10. Uh, so they won't be a pushover. They haven't performed 
anywhere near where they would have hoped to at this World Cup, but they did touch up Australia 4-1 in the recent five-game T20 series, although it was a, a substantially different Australian lineup. So we'll just have to make of that what we will. Uh, but tonight from 9 o'clock, myself and Darren Berry. Uh, your texts that have come through throughout the course of the night, in regards to Sam Skinner getting a chance at Port Adelaide, uh, off the text in capitals too. So uh, quite uh, exuberant in this message. Can't believe Port Adelaide have picked up a tall who's had three knee reconstructions but let Laddams and Howard go. What are they doing at that club? Probably not having to pay him anywhere near as much as Laddams and Howard, I would suggest. That that could also be, there could be a salary cap. He doesn't cost you anything. Delisted free agent. Um, get him on for next to nothing. And uh, Laddams was set to make 400000 this year, from what we're told. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and Dougal Howard was looking for a, a better deal as well. So, um, yeah, that's probably, that might be part of their thinking. But thanks for sending that text through 0433 uh, 11 16. Uh, Jared Brander has a few pastimes. Wentworth, New South Wales, Mildurovic, Benio Pioneers, TAC Cup. He was a Benio Pioneer, Geelong Grammar and the West Coast Eagles. That's from Dom. Thank you, Dom. Uh, this in regards to Wilpakovsky, someone asking if he's that good, how come he gets concussed so much? And I did mention that a few of those have been just freak accidents at training. Not uh, always... Um, a bouncer at, at high high speed. So uh, there has been a few that weren't weren't to be expected. Um, one of the worst concussions and possibly his first was another freak incident playing football at school. Um, Alex, Grizzlies beat Denver again. Yep, I'll um, go through the NBA scores before we finish. Hey, I know that the hierarchy backs him, but as per Kerry O'Keefe on the back page show, Bukowski lacks a trigger movement to either go left with his head or go right. So for a bouncer, that is very straight. He's much more risk than other batsmen. That's from Ellie. I didn't see that from uh, Skull, but there's not many more astute observers of the mannerisms of cricketers uh, than that man, Kerry O'Keefe, one of the very best in the business. Uh, Alex wanting me to say that the schedule's up for the NBL Blitz, which starts on the 13th of November. Um, games in Victoria, Tasmania and New South Wales. So it starts on the 13th, the games there. And there is a, a page up at the moment to vote on the greatest imports of all time. Uh, Alex wants to tell me that he's voted for Ricky Grace. Alex, I'll see your Ricky Grace and raise you Leroy Loggins or Bryce Cotton, I think. Just shade Ricky Grace, although he was an out-and-out out star. Um, a couple other things making news uh, as we continue to work through your calls and texts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six and zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Hawthorne today. Um, this was really interesting and a really positive story for the day uh, from them. To go along with the announcement, of course, from from Jeff Kennett, um, that uh, they have. Just let me get this right. Uh, the next stage in Hawthorne's journey to the AFLW is upon us. The club announced today a list of 50 players who are set to make up its W Academy. So the Academy will begin on November 13. The program includes six sessions of skill development, player mentoring and education. Uh, it's led by Hawthorne's VFLW coach, coaches, including the newly appointed uh, Sherry O'Neill, as well as uh, an assortment of past AFLW players. Jack Gunston uh, was heavily involved in the structuring of the Academy highlighting the close connection between the AFL's, uh, the club's AFL and AFLW programs. The GM of operations and major projects, Josh Vandaloo, said the club's objective in forming the academy is to provide promising players with another developmental touch point ahead of the 2022 season. So congratulations to the Hawks on that. The 50 players are registered from uh, in age between 16 
to 23. Um, so that's a good news story today. Um, just some scores before we uh, continue on with your calls and texts. Some scores for the day. Um, Champions League from a little bit earlier today. Uh, Wolfsburg 2-1 over Salzburg. Uh, Malmo uh, lost to Chelsea 1-0. Uh, Dynamo Kiev or Dynamo Kiev lost uh, 1-0 to Barcelona or Barcelona. Uh, Bayern Munich 5-2 smash Benfica. Villarreal 2-0 over Young Boys. That might have been tomorrow, but they've just got them all grouped up in the one uh, score uh, sheet here. Uh, no, that's yesterday's. Uh, Milan, 1-0 over Porto. Real Madrid, 2-1 over Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Man City, 4-1 over Club Bruges. Uh, Leipzig, 2-all against uh, Paris. Liverpool, 2-0 over Atletico. Uh, Sporting CP, 4-0 over Besiktas. Uh, Dort- Borussia Dortmund, 1-3 lost to uh, Ajax. Or Ajax. Uh, and Sheriff, 1-3 lost to Inter. Uh, third time's a charm to get those scores right. Uh, from an NBA score point of view today, um, Paddy Mills had another good day for the Brooklyn Nets as they got a win over Atlanta, 117 to 108. Paddy had 14 points. Um, he had 14 points on the uh, 17 point. Uh, sorry. Come on. 14 points on the day, six assists and three rebounds as well. His three-point shooting spree continued. He was four of seven from outside the arc. Other winners today, uh, Philly over Chicago, 103 uh, to 98. And a good day from naturalized Aussie Matisse Thibel. He played 38 minutes, so big minutes for him. He had eight points uh, and four rebounds, but also an assist. He had three steals and two blocks, so he continues to dominate uh, the defensive aspect of the game to show why he's such an important player for the 76ers as we continue to wait uh, and see what happens with Ben Simmons. Portland 104 to 107 lost to Cleveland. New York 98 to 111 lost to Indiana. Uh, the Celtics 92 to 79 over the Magic. Um, 103 to 98, the 76ers over the Bulls. Uh, 109 to 100, Toronto over Washington. Uh, Denver, 106 to 108, went down to the Grizzlies. Alex, very happy about that. He's a big Grizzlies fan. Uh, Clippers, 126 over Minnesota, 115. Dallas, 109 to 108. Josh Green playing for the Dallas Mavericks. Got a little bit of game time today. Uh, Just bringing up his numbers. He had two rebounds and one assist in his five and a half minutes or so of playing time. Uh, No minutes for Jock Landale, even though he had 10 points in their previous game in just five minutes, which was... uh, Quite impressive. Uh, Charlotte, 92 to 114, lost to Golden State. And Sacramento, 112 uh, over New Orleans, uh, 99. Uh, Those are the scores. Uh, We've got plenty more to work you through as we continue to recap the news of the day for you on Time On. I do uh, have a discussion with them later today um, pertaining to my uh, rather impetuous decision to to jump the fence and enter the mounting yard. Uh, So hopefully they're kind on me. Uh, Jared, in the context that it certainly wasn't premeditated. Uh, and I am very apologetic. You know, there is no excuse for that. Um, those protocols are in place for good reason. Um, but the emotion of the moment definitely got the better of me. Co-owner of Melbourne Cup winner, 10-time Group 1 winner now, very elegant. That's Bray Sikolsky speaking to Jared Waitley earlier today. Uh, 10K lighter in the pocket uh, from what I've read uh, reports saying uh, after... 
uh, he, the incident that he just explained. And then that meeting, that's how it went today. Uh, so a 10K fine, I believe. I'll double check on that. But uh, that's what I uh, heard reported today, that it was a 10K fine for Bray Sikolsky for that. And obviously very apologetic. Uh, it was a great chat that Jerry Waitley had with him too. The emotion that he said of he, that he experienced when he knew um, that Very Elegant had got home. So well worth a listen on the podcast, SEN app or SEN.com. Uh, .au. So big day of racing today uh, as well. It was Willowy for Damien Oliver and James Cummings. Stakes Day is on Saturday. Paul Sebastiani for Bet Deluxe. Bet Deluxe Spring Racing Specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 if gambling is a, a problem for you or someone you know. Paul Sebastiani to give us the odds on that and the NBA markets tomorrow. G'day, Paul. A very good evening to you, Sam. How are you? Good, buddy. Uh, so, Stakes Day on Saturday. What do you got? Yeah, final day of the Flemington Cardinal. It's come around very quickly. Zaki, the $2.40 favourite for the McKinnon Stakes with betdeluxe.com.au. But there has been money for the uh, inform Mayor Colette. She's looking to go three in a row after a very impressive win in the Empire Rose last start. She's a $4.80 like with betdeluxe.com.au. She's been backed in from that opening $6 quote. And as you mentioned as well, Sam, the NBA rolls on tomorrow. 10 a.m., the 76ers and Pistons go head-to-head. 76ers $1.36, the Pistons $3.18. And we'll get to see Josh Giddy in action again for his Oklahoma City Thunder. They are the outsiders, though, at $6.75. The Lakers are $1.11. But uh, maybe Giddy at the props bet, potentially over 15 and a half, maybe into the Thunder at the line could be the way to go, I think. Uh, it's a great story that's unfolding about Josh Giddy, Paul. So we'll be watching that with great interest, mate. Thanks so much. We'll speak to you again shortly. No worries. All the best, Sam. Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Spring racing specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly, of course. 1-800-858-858. Speaking of Josh Giddy, um, Gary and Tim this morning spoke to Brandon uh, Rabar, who gave us an insight into just how the good people in Oklahoma City are warming to our man. I think everybody is shocked by how well he's playing so quickly. I mean, he is so composed, so mature, his IQ is so, so high. It, it, he's just kind of blowing people away. Thunder fans, Oklahoma City fans are absolutely falling in love with Josh Giddy. So I can guarantee you it's not just you there in Australia who are kind of falling head over heels for Josh Giddy because uh, there's about 4 million Oklahomans over here who are doing the same thing. I mean, they're great. I mean, he's he's killing everybody in assists. It's not even close. He's by far the best playmaker, passer in the draft, and the numbers show that. And honestly, his assists would be even higher if uh, some of his Thunder teammates could, could hit more shots, and I think that'll come along. He's rebounding at a really high rate. Uh, his points, like when you look at his raw numbers, his points, assists, rebounds, even his steals, uh, I mean, we're talking about a top three rookie right now. I mean, it, it's been that good. I mean, he's right there with Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, maybe Franz Wagner and Chris Duarte. I mean, it's it, those five guys are kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the rookies right now. And I, I would say Josh Giddy, if I were to rank the rookies right now, probably the, the third best overall rookie right now. 
So that's uh, Brandon Robert, uh, who spoke to Gary and Tim this morning on SEN Breakfast, just about the impact that Josh Giddy is uh, having at the moment. I saw something on social media too. Uh, he's a big hit, uh, not just on the court, but off the court too, uh, getting a great following, people wanting to take photos with him, uh, proving to be very, very popular is Josh Giddy, and it is a phenomenal story that's unfolding. We should be exceptionally proud. Rookie of the year last year, last season in the NBL, um, taken at pick six by the Oklahoma City Thunder. There was a great article written today about that is a franchise that is, as I've said a few times in regards to North Melbourne, and with all due respect, that they're at a position in their rebuild where they're not even building yet. The tools aren't even out. They're, they're at the architect still trying to figure out what's the best way to construct um, where they want to go. And uh, they took a chance on him, and it is paying It is paying dividends handsomely. Well, there's the music to play me off. Thanks for all your calls and texts. I've got another hour of Sporting Capital up next. And uh, I want to do something with you tonight. Um, before we get to a uh, special guest today, uh, a man who lives and breathes Atlanta Braves. Uh, cannot wait to go and just test the water to the response to Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. Kurt Gill uh, from the Atlanta Baseball Talk podcast is going to join us and let us know uh, how the city's still celebrating after Atlanta Braves got their first World Series in 26 years. But I'm going to find out from you, your Mount Rushmore, to you, what are the most important or significant sporting events in this country? Your top four, your Mount Rushmore of sporting events. We're going to do that in the Sporting Capital next. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.